It's time for the 4th Street Sports Show, an award-winning program dedicated to all things Southern Miss athletics. If they're playing it, we're covering it. And welcome back to 4th Street Sports Show. I'm your host, Dima Mixon, live in New Orleans, Louisiana, um, sitting in this little basement of a room. We just uh, walked down the hallway. I'm joined here by Jackson Kennedy. As always, uh, him being able to attend his uh, first event with us. Uh, So, Jackson, we're glad you're here. We kind of just walked down the hall, Jackson. We've been up since 4 a.m. It's a long day. Um, Not sure how long this will go, but we have a lot to talk about. A lot happened today. We heard from uh, Will Hall at about 7 a.m. this morning. Um, He talked a lot about um, just the growth he's seen in the program. He talked about, um, you know, the strength he he sees seen where his program is going to continue to build. Um, Obviously, the quarterback play is kind of what everybody's talking about. Um, He said that Holman Edwards and Billy Wiles are kind of the um, two standouts. And uh, he went into some other things as well. And then we Keith Gill gave his State of the Sun address, um, you know, uh, just to start off media day. That was kind of the official when it was in front of everybody. And then uh, Will Hall came up again at about 3 and talked for another 30 minutes. Jackson, just initial thoughts. How are you feeling? It's been a long day. Well, uh, I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I'm feeling, you know, a little tired, a little winded, as is expected. Uh I was so excited for this event. I couldn't sleep until past like one, and then you know I wake up at three forty-five to get ready, pack my things, uh, pack my final things. Because you know my my thought was you know if we had to be here at seven a.m., I was like, oh yeah, Dima and I are definitely spending the night here. And so I walk up and I throw my stuff in Dima's truck because he pulls in my driveway at four thirty a.m. He's like, man, like you came prepared. And I was like, yeah, I I got to. And he's like what's all this for? And I was like, oh, well, you know, I got like changes of clothes. I brought my pillow. And he's like, what? And so it turns out we are not staying the night in New Orleans. Uh, I did not know that. But yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm also feeling more confident about Southern Miss's season than I did heading into this year. And it wasn't entirely because of everything that, that Will Hall said. It was just hearing the state of the teams that Southern Miss is going to be playing. So, uh, you know, I say first, like, uh, you know, for, first, uh, before we get into any of that, I just kind of wanted to, to go into Keith Gill's speech because he said a lot of good things about, about the Sun Belt uh, in the State of the Sun speech. And he also answered some questions that, you know, all of us have been asking and all of us have been, you know, more or less pontificating on social media about what would happen. So I'm going to list off a couple of things and I just kind of want to get your reaction or your take on them. So first off, uh, the Sun Belt saw over 35 million unique viewers. 
over the season, which is crazy to to to, to see. That's it's incredible. Thirty five million viewers, um, and that is over a one hundred percent increase compared to last year. So, just Dima, your initial thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, when you think about it in in the span of um, last season, obviously. Um, I think what a, a lot of that was pertaining to adding four more teams. You know, you, you added James Madison, you added Marshall, um, you added Southern Miss and uh, Old Dominion. And um, one thing that I thought about was uh, I know last year in Keith Gill's State of the State or State of whatever it is called, I don't even know whatever they're going to call it. It's I've been up since like four a.m. Okay, um, whatever they want to call it. You know, I I think it would I think they they made a big point about their ESPN package. Um, ESPN Plus package with the Sun Belt, um, and talking about how it was gonna, you know, because I remember two or three years ago, you know, to watch a Southern Miss football game, you'd have to log on to Conference USA TV or something, and it'd be like, it'd be like a um, somebody's phone filming it or something, you know, and so. Um, I think this switch over to ESPN Plus has allowed, like, you could watch every Southern Miss game last year. You didn't even have to go to The Rock. Um, you could watch it on TV, which has not always been the case. I mean, to find a Southern Miss game on TV used to be like, wow. And, and I think the advancement of ESPN Plus has really caused, because I think that's the same for any other school, right? And any other passionate football base, Appalachian State, they can watch them play Texas A&M when they won that game they don't have to go to that game you know and I think that the advancement of ESPN plus has really helped the viewership what they say was like a hundred percent increase or something like that over a hundred percent right so I really do think it's it, it it's definitely has to do with ESPN plus and the package deal there um, but I think it's great for just everybody to have that ability and I don't think it also has stopped just in football I mean you could watch every baseball game that was never the case I mean we you know we we um, all the away baseball games that nobody wanted to drive all the way out to see or listen on the radio, you know, you could watch them on ESPN Plus. Every one of them. There was very few games. That, I think the only other game that wasn't on ESPN Plus was Louisiana Tech, which was uh, Conference USA TV. Which I think I was watching something out of 2008, um, and so because it looked like they were like using a you know those like video cameras that they used to use the, like the little box video. That's probably what they were using in that game. Generous, my friend. That uh, I tried, I, I, I tried to watch it, and I had to jump through so many hoops. And I was like, "Look, man, it, it's it, it's not worth it. I'm not paying a freaking fee." Like I was like, "Oh, well, if you pay three dollars, you can watch this game." I'm like, come on, man. Like I'm not gonna do that. And then <laughs> I felt so bad for the fans that I interact with on Twitter, you know, because like just fellow people that are passionate about Southern Miss, and they posted screenshots of it, and I was like, "Oh my god." they're recording this with like the scroll wheel of a blackberry like not even a camera it was just it was crazy to see um but yeah exactly what you said it is crazy it is so encouraging and it's so exciting to see the advancement of espn plus because like you said you can watch any game anywhere anytime which helps programs like southern miss you know like I have found myself while I'm waiting for a Southern Miss game to happen, especially during the baseball season, where I'm like, well, I got ain't got nothing else to do. I'll flip on the TV for like the 30 minutes before the game starts that I'm waiting, and whenever I'm not listening to John Cox kind of break down or do the interviews 15 minutes before, and even during that, I'll just flip on a game of a school I've never heard of or a school that I don't know much about, and. You know, some some schools that are on the FCS level in football or may not even have a program are incredible. So I think it's great at just expanding the sport. 
Yeah, and I don't think it's really necessarily that exclusive to the Sun Belt either. I know that, you know, Commissioner Gill was talking about, you know, that the Sun Belt's 100% in, in increase in viewership, but I really think it's been across the board in college football. I mean, college football has really grown in viewership over the past 10 years, honestly. I mean, the past decade has been insane as far as the viewership, the traction, um, not only within the Power Five conferences because of the playoff and how big those games have gotten and everything, but um, also in the group of fives because people care. But not only the group of fives. I mean, you can go watch Jackson State play Jacksonville State, or you know, on ESPN Plus, and um, that's always a big deal. So, um, excuse me, that's always a big deal. So, you know, I, I don't think it's necessarily exclusive to the Sun Belt, but I do think it's important to bring it up because it's a great package. I mean, thank goodness that it's not you know. A, a deal with like Fox Sports or something that you got to log in some weird place and no offense to Fox Sports but um, you know thank goodness it's ESPN Plus it's easy it's simple it's efficient and um, you know it, it really does um, come into come into fruition as we hear this guy ramming his engine we're sitting like I'm, I'm telling you right now so we Dima described it as a basement but we are on the eighth floor of something I don't know I, I don't know if, the, if this is a basement dear God I don't want to see his house like Jesus the thing's gonna be 20 floors or minimum like I'll get up and say oh yeah this is the first floor and I'm 300 feet up but no so we're like we're, so we're overlooking what what is it uh C- Canal Street yeah and I just kind of saw these guys in these little like Japanese little motos and I'm like oh ain't that cute and it's like a and you probably just heard it in the background. It was incredible to watch, but just had to give an explanation because Dima kind of whipped around and looked as, as they disappeared. Anytime I hear a loud noise, I look at it, which I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's good or not, but we'll see. Anyways, okay. <laughs> I know, it's it's crazy. It's like squirrel. Okay. You know, but and, and after Keith Gill talked about the, uh, you know, the viewership Jackson he went into NIL which we can talk about that for a minute um he went into NIL and he actually brought up something very interesting that I think not a lot of people really talk about discuss congressional input in the NIL kind of because you know a lot of the laws are state laws right now it's 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 for the states the states can deal with it how they please so what these states are doing are like trying to outdo the other states and then it's really an unfair I mean, you know, really unfair playing grounds. And that's kind of what Keith Gill was saying. And I really feel like the Sun Belt's pretty affected by it, right? You know, you have a lot of these guys plucked up, not necessarily maybe in football, but a lot of other sports for sure, where they can go play one year of baseball or one year of football uh, or basketball, whatever it is. And, you know, they get a $100,000 check for it, you know? And so... I kind of agree with them that maybe the, the answer is more of a federal law where everybody's kind of on the same fields. And maybe it's still as crazy as it is now because I feel like once you go to paying the players, it's really hard to come. Like, you're never going to, like, take it back, right? But I feel like maybe to make everybody following one law doesn't seem that unreasonable to me. Yeah, I've had many a conversation with many people about this. And I, I think from, you know one of the cool things about me just being like an outgoing person is I can get a litany of different opinions. And one thing, and one thing that I like is I can take all that and then synthesize it. And so I think the best course of action would be for the federal government to get involved because 
you know, people don't respect the NCAA anymore. And it's because some of these conferences have gotten bigger and more powerful than the governing body over them, which is concerning. And so one like the, the federal government ought to get involved. And there's an argument that could be made that the federal government ought to get involved for conference realignment just because it's getting to a point of such like such extreme disparities you know what i mean like the fact that you can have something like the sec who is just it's not net, like it's some of some of them are regional rivalries and then others it's just poaching people from other places that are just big brand names and then you compare that to something like you know like the asun and those are both division one levels and it's just like the disparity is insane and that is going to be affected greatly when it comes to nil and one thing I think would work is if we just said, hey, look, these kids deserve to be getting paid, obviously. Because, you know, imagine you imagine you play your heart out for your team. You get hurt, hurt so bad your career's over. Bam, on that one play, I just lost potentially tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. And so these kids deserve to be getting pl- paid. But the problem is we don't know where the money's coming from. We don't know where the money's coming from. We don't know the the terms and conditions of what's required of them and we don't know when they got it you know what i mean because they're i mean chase burns the guy that that threw 102 versus southern miss in the supers he entered the transfer portal and almost immediately went to wake forest and you have to think that there was a conversation before the transfer portal because i mean i think it was trent dilfer of uab he called out power five coaches he called out these big money programs that are tired of developing players and are just just want to buy them from people who actually take the time to develop high schoolers and he said hey if i catch you in my players dms i'm telling everyone in the sports media world exactly who you are and what you did and i think that's what we need but we need just a sweeping law not state by state we need a sweeping law for the entire country of hey this is what is legal this is what's okay but you need to know how much money these these kids are getting when they're getting it and the conditions of which okay how many games do they have to play do they have to promote a product or is it just being on campus like we need to know all of these details because if not, it's it's almost it, it's 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 just slightly different than what happened before with before NIL. I mean, you know, Ohio State, Alabama, th- these types of programs were paying seven hundred thousand dollars to players a year, which is just crazy to think about. Yeah, no, I I agree, and um, I think it's something that needs to be discussed. And you know, you don't, I don't know why the NCAA doesn't step up. Like, why do we make an NIL panel? Like, wh- why is that so hard to do? You know, like, what well, the things like that just don't really make sense. And, um, you know, when you really think about it in the sense of, like, the transfer portal, um, I know Will Hall got asked about that. Um, I mean, it's just it's basically free agency. I mean, it, like I was telling you, we were actually talking about this on the way down to New Orleans to, this morning, and I was telling you, I was like, man, this is like a LeBron James you know, transferred to or, or just said, "Hey, I'm I'm going to the Warriors." You know, the the Warriors are the first place in the West. Generally, I mean, I know they haven't been that good the past few seasons, but he's just like, "Oh, well, my team sucks. I'm going to go to the Warriors." 
and finish out the year with them. I don't think that should be allowed. That just, to me, just seems ridiculous. I mean, in no other sport is it like that. And it kind of just, it, it definitely needs some uh, work. Um, but I, I agree that we should pay the players. Like, the, I mean, we are, the money that's in college football, something has to go to the expense of college students who are banging their head against each other 24-7. Keith Gill also talked about playoff expansion. Uh, next year, Jackson, the playoff goes to 12 teams. Uh, a group of five team will get in the playoff every year. The highest group of five team gets in the playoff under this new year, 12-year model. Um, feels like right now that the Sunbelt Conference is definitely the more premier group of five with the realignment in the AAC. That was not the case um, maybe last year or two years ago, right? Um, but now I feel like it is. And you really feel like the Sunbelt's in good position to get a, a team into the playoff um, in the next couple of years. Um, for sure. Um, and you kind of feel like that Southern Miss might be on the track to, you know, if 2024 or 2025 is one of their best seasons that Will Hall has, I mean, is it, is it crazy to think that they have at least a reasonable chance? Uh, you know what? Call me a homer. Call me overly optimistic. Give me that weird look that you give me every time that we record a podcast and I say something <laughs> like this. But no, it's entirely possible. Um, and I know that we're going to get into this later, but like Southern Miss could make the college football football playoff by 2024. I I don't think that's ridiculous. It, uh, of course, of course, it depends on how this season goes. You know what I mean? If this season they are as good, especially if they are better than our predictions, then it wouldn't be outside of the realm of possibility to do that. Well, I would also say that for them to make the playoff in 2024, they basically have to go 13 and 0, right? 12 and 1, 13 and 0, something like that, because they have to be the highest ranked Power Five team. And I know that when Jackson says that, it sounds like ridiculous and crazy, but they, with the way the Sun Belt is rising, whoever wins the Sun Belt is going to be the highest ranked Group of Five team, well, obviously within the Sun Belt, possibly in America. Yeah, no, and and a correction. I meant the 2024-2025 uh, season, whenever whenever there's an expanded one. Uh, but, yes, it, exactly that. And, I mean, if you want to look at it, Dima, you know, we are looking at a Southern Miss team that this is going to be the best team under Will Hall and the best team in quite some time. And the thing is, they don't even have all those players. Dima, I, the 2024 class of recruits – is in the top 50 in the nation or just outside of the top 50 in the nation and nothing this year has even happened yet and will hall's recruiting plan will hall's just everything about him i mean you know now that i've gotten to talk to the guy multiple times like i can see why 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 people sign up i can see why people play for him like i would run through a brick wall for the guy and i've, I've held four conversations with them um and the fact that this team has so much potential, like there is, you, you could see this, and obviously we can get into this later, but you can see when a team is confident in themselves and when they aren't so much, especially at the media days. When everyone there stands like, well, you know, like we're, we're going to be good. And so you're like, all right, buddy. But this team kind of came in and was like, yeah. And they just kind of, you know, just – flat out said yes this is going to be the hardest schedule that, that that we've ever played and it's going to be the hardest group of five schedule in america but 
as Jeremy McLean said, we've got a good chance. You know, Jeremy, Jeremy McLean said that uh, he thinks that Southern Miss has a good chance, and I think that is right. I mean, if the quarterback play is good and the offensive line can block, Southern Miss is going to put up 30, 35 points a game. You know, you got Frank Gore Jr., you have Ty Mims, Jacarius Caston. I think the ceiling for Southern Miss is incredibly high. I agree. I, I I agree with that. I think, you know, especially, you know, th- this year, obviously, it, you feel like a lot of these games they're going to play are going to be close. So it's the ones – it's going to be whether or not they can win close games. And and I remember last year we were saying um, over and over and over again, like, um, the defense has to set the offense up. And then this year you feel like if the defense sets the offense up, they're going to convert pretty much every time just because of how good the offense is supposed to be at least this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think they're set up for success. I don't know if that necessarily means um, a playoff berth within the next five years or not. I mean, I don't, I don't know because I mean they do play in a tough, tough conference, um, and all of these other teams are, I mean, recruiting just as well as Southern Misses, and so, and and that is the difficult part about playing in a good conference. But you want to be in this conference. You don't want to be in the Conference USA or the AAC, right? So, um, so I, I think this is where they want to be. And I think that, I mean, I think that they're in the conversation for a playoff berth within the next 10 years, I would say, for sure. Um, Let's go into the preseason poll. So this came out yesterday, Um, the preseason poll for um, for the 2023 Sun Belt. So the coaches vote on this, Jackson. Kind of got some backlash from Southern Miss fans, so I'll run through it here. So the East Division, JMU was number one. Um, App State was two, Coastal was three, Marshall was four, Georgia Southern was five, Georgia State was six, ODU was seven, and then for the West, Troy was one, South Alabama was two, um, Louisiana was three, Southern Miss was four, Texas State five, Arkansas State six, and ULM seven. Thoughts? Well, I think that this had its some of its merits, um, and – I think that it should just be switched around just a tad. Uh, and if you'd like, I can go ahead and give you what how I think that it should be rearranged, but we're probably going to save that for later. I just I think that this is a little bit off, you know? Um, obviously, you, you kind of have to agree with the precedent set by both JMU and Troy, but some of the rankings from two through four on both sides of, of the bracket, I... I disagree with to a to a fair extent, but what do you think about this? Well, I mean, when you look at the when you look at it, you have to remember this is coaches voting, right? So they're going to vote based on um, the results um, from last year. So Troy winning the Sun Belt last year and then coming back with a good bit of pieces back. They did lose a, a couple of players. Um, their their star wide receiver being one of them, but. Um, but, but, you know, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that they would be number one in the coaches' poll. Um, JMU at number one is pretty strong to me. I mean, I know what they did last year, but, like, I don't know. I, and, and, we, and I don't really know exactly what their schedule is, but I'm, I wasn't a big JMU guy last year. Like, I, I never bought into the JMU thing. I, didn't, I thought they were a little overrated. I didn't think they really had played anybody until when they started losing. So, um and uh, I think Coastal at number three is bonkers to me, considering that they have, and 
a basically a Heisman candidate at quarterback and Grayson McCall coming back for his fifth year. Um, so, I mean, what a terrific quarterback. Um, Sullivan actually didn't get to see him play last year because he was hurt in that game. I think he was out for the season, right? And that's why they kind of fell off there at the end. He's back. I mean, that, that coastal offense is back. You remember everybody remembers what it was before Grayson McCall got injured. Um, Southern Miss was like 18-point favorites in that game. Uh, Coastal was 18-point favorites in that game. Grayson McCall got hurt. It was minus four for Coastal going into that that game that night. So that's how much it changed. Um, But, uh, I mean, like you said, the bottom half of the bracket, I feel like, I mean, ULM, Arkansas State, Texas State, I mean, that's kind of interchangeable. I feel like same with ODU, Georgia State, and Georgia Southern. Um, But, yeah, we we can get into where our – um, where we would rank them here in a little bit. But um, you, well, one thing you just have to remember is that it is a coach's poll. Um, like we said, Grayson McCall is the um, preseason player of the year uh, from Coastal Carolina. And then uh, ODU, Jason Henderson, is the preseason uh, defensive player of the year. You know, I wish they gave uh, I wish they gave us a media vote. Um, Frank Gore Jr. came onto the all-sunbelt first-team offense as the f- second running back. So... Um, I really wish they gave us a media vote. You know, there's, there's a lot of media votes out there with conferences. Um, maybe something that the student prince could start. Yeah, I, I would love to kind of take part in that and just kind of help contribute to the Sun Belt Conference in any way that we really can, just because of how much, uh, you know, I've enjoyed being part of this conference uh, as, as a fan and now covering it. Like, there is a really, really strong sense of community and camaraderie that you don't really get anywhere else uh i mean i remember whenever i was a fan and i was watching cusa and dear god i wanted out <laughs> i mean like it was so hard because you know i i, I my, my 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 girlfriend's a dixie darling and i was trying hard to kind of get her excited about the schools we were playing but having to explain what a school is or where it is or if they're good or not it's it kind of takes away from the whole excitement aspect, but you know, whenever Cassidy looks at me, it's like, oh wow, like we're traveling to South Alabama and we're traveling to Mississippi State, and I'm like, yeah, and then she's like, oh wow, like we're hosting Troy. It's it's names that you recognize, and it's names that are close to home, which means their fans will pack out the rock, and that's something that I always like like to see. Obviously, if we can paint the rock in swaths of gold that that'd be great but one of the one of the special things about southern miss is being able to share how special uh our venues are you know and being able to share just how cool places are because i remember lots of people talking down on pete taylor park even tennessee fans and then at the super regional i would strike up a conversation with them like you know i was mad that y'all hosted and then i come here and there's just something special about this place and that's how it is. And, you know, just doing that and kind of ha- trying to start a media poll, I feel like that would be really beneficial. But um, if you're ready, we can go ahead and get into what we would pick for uh, our our predictions for the preseason poll. So, Dima, do you want to go first or do you want me to take a crack at it? Go for it. All right. So... I'll start in the east because you know I'll I'll, I'll save I'll save uh, where the Golden Eagles reside for last. I'm I'm gonna keep JMU at one. Uh, I just I think that 
I think they're going to be playing with an even bigger chip on their shoulder than last year because they did so well and they were slided out of a conference championship and a bowl game because of that weird rule for transferring to FBS, which I, I think it, I, I think it's antiquated, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then number two, I'm going to go with Coastal Carolina. They could easily drop to four for me, and it's all because of the questions around head coach. You just – you want to see what he does. You you want to see how this head coach kind of exists in that environment, you know. And I mean, what we're looking at right now, James Madison's uh, schedule. It's not that it's the easiest. I mean, shoot, you have a game three at Troy, game four at Utah State. But if James Madison can kind of replicate that and build upon the fire that they started last year, you know, really special things can happen. And then, you know, num- number two, like I said, is Coastal Carolina. Number three, I'm going to go with Marshall. I- I- I'm high on Marshall, and it's not so much that I'm high on Marshall that they're at three, but it's that I'm low on App State. A- App State started off the year on fire, Dima, you know. Started off the year uh, beating Texas A&M at Texas A&M in a bye game, and then, and then game two had college game day there, and only lost on one of the craziest plays I've seen in my entire life. You know, they were right there neck and neck with the conference champ, and then they just kind of fell apart. And I don't, I don't know if I have confidence in them to kind of rebuild and recuperate already. So I have App State at four, and then. I would say five through seven is the same. Georgia Southern, Georgia State, Old Dominion, that's all interchangeable. It depends on how Old Dominion does. Uh, Darren Granger for, for Georgia State is a fantastic athlete. It's just the the people around him because I've seen a lot of his support staff, like offensive linemen, defensive linemen, and just like the people that are real game changers for the skill positions, a lot of them transferred, you know? Uh, so – I, I'm, I'm going to keep the bottom at that. And then for the West Division, I don't want to sound I, I don't want to sound too confident. I think Southern Miss could pull off with the one. I think if Southern Miss's quarterback play is good enough and if they can you know do what they said in this media day and you know they they learn how to be competitive year one with Will Hall. They learn how to be competitive. Year two, they learned how to win. It took them a little while, but they learned how to win those tougher games. Now they know how to win, so they need to sustain winning. I think Southern Miss could finish one, but if not, I would put South Alabama at one. I think South Alabama is a fantastic team. They're going to be incredibly competitive. That game in Mobile, Dima, is going to be a bloodbath both ways. It's going to be, it's going to be chippy. It's gonna be it's gonna be heated. I could see it's right now a toss up for me between Southern Miss and South Alabama at number one, and then number three, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Troy. Obviously, you know, defending conference champs, they're great. I don't think they're gonna be able to recreate the magic as last year, but I also don't want this to be poster board material for them because it would be a lot better for me mentally if they weren't as good as they were last year. Um. And then number four, I'm I'm gonna go with Texas State. 
I'm going to go with Texas State over the Raging Cajuns because I think that with this new head coach, with this high-powered, high-scoring offense and pulling a transfer that, that started in games for Auburn and won in games for Auburn and is a massive QB, I think Texas State's going to be scary. Uh, it will not be a guaranteed thing for Southern Miss to win uh, against Texas State. I think that is a game to look out for. Miracle play last year. Yeah, they, they needed a miracle play last year during a season in which their coach was fired. And now you bring in a high-powered, high-scoring offense. I'm going to put Texas State at four. Louisiana, that's at five for me. Louisiana's at five. Uh, I just I don't see them being that that good this year. One of their star players uh, transferred to Florida, and they – at the at, at the media day, they didn't seem very confident in themselves. It seemed almost like they were meek. It, it seemed almost like they were like almost kind of anticipating feeling this year out. Whereas Texas State first year head coach comes in and is like, oh yeah, no, we're doing this. Then number six, I'm going to go ULM. I think ULM uh, and and Bowden like I I I'm confident that they can do something. Like you know, and Arkansas State. I I don't know. I'm I'm just not confident in Arkansas State. I I think, I think they lost too many pieces, and I think with ULM's uh, quarterback having another year of experience under his belt, I think they just kind of edge pass. But that is my prediction. I have James Madison uh, winning the East, and then I have either Southern Miss or South Alabama. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Southern Miss. If if Southern Miss if Southern Miss can start the year off hot, I'm I'm putting Southern Miss at one, South Al at two, uh, and that is my prediction. Cool. That was a good little walk through of J- Jackson's mind there. Yeah, mine uh mine's not gonna be um as long, but I will go through mine. So my uh if I had to do this poll today, um so before I really you know see any thing on the offense this is what i think so number one in the east is coastal carolina i want uh somebody to beat them before um i'm gonna put anybody else over them app state for me is two i think they have a lot returning um they were the favorites to win the conference last year right so um they had a good chance to win the conference last year they have a lot of returning pieces so they're number two for me i got james madison at number three i've never been really high on james madison i, I like i said earlier i think that they um kind of got a hot spark to start um, because they didn't really play that good of competition to start and then kind of trailed off at the end. But uh, Marshall at four for me, um, good team. Uh, compare them a lot to Southern Miss. Um, and then Georgia Southern at five, Old Dominion at six, and Georgia State at seven. Uh, for the West, um, I got for sure South Alabama at one. Um, I will not leave from that um i think that they are um you know that they were five points from being undefeated last year um which is pretty strong and they have 20 returning starters so um i think that's gonna be a pretty good football team and they get most of their hard games at home right so they get louisiana at home they get troy on the road but southern miss at home too so um I don't feel like that any of those teams will be able to beat South Alabama in Mobile, so that's why I have them at number one. Uh, number two is Troy. I think Troy's going to be really good this year. Pretty high on the Troy. 
Um, I, I was high on Troy last year. I thought their defense was phenomenal. Um, I think that they will not be good enough to beat South Alabama, but I think they'll be good enough to get there with one or two losses. Um, Southern Miss, I have at three. Um, you know, I feel like they're going to have a, a, a decent year in the Sun Belt, but um, going to South Alabama, to App State, to Louisiana, and then Troy on the schedule, just a brutal draw. And that's three away games where it's going to be really hard to win all three, any, any one of the three. And you start losing an, an away game on the road, um, just set yourself up for not being able to finish first in the in the in the West. So uh, then I got Louisiana at four, um, Arkansas State at five, um, Texas State at six, and ULM at seven. Um, so my my championship would be Coastal versus South, and that I think South would win that game. So uh, more predictions to come later, obviously, but that's kind of our coaches poll. If we were coaches of the Sun Belt, which Thank God we're not. But, um, yeah, that would be kind of our coach's poll. Jackson, Will Hall, and players talked for about 30 minutes at the end of uh, – at the end of um, – at the end of the day, um, Will Hall kind of came out and he was like, hey, thanks for waiting on us. It's been a minute. We've been kind of waiting all day. Um, went through a lot. Um, went through um, just the recruiting. He went through – um, the offense. He went through the schedule. Um, what was your just number one takeaway? We kind of went through it in um, instant reactions, but immediate takeaway from Will Hall and his podium. Well, I kind of mentioned it at the start of the episode, Dima, and it's that these guys gave me a lot of confidence. These guys gave me a lot of confidence. And I mean, and I was already feeling good about the football season. You know, um, I. What one of the cool things that I, I always like to reiterate is that you know, Dima, you are about to be a junior. I'm entering my senior year, right? We are students, and these guys that are on the football team, that are on the baseball team, they're our classmates. I, I've had classes with Jake Lang, Zon Diaz, D Baker, Nico Maza, these types of people. So you know, obviously, I strike up conversations with them. This was even before that, and. Uh, I already felt good about this year. You know, I felt good about the recruiting class. I felt good about the transfer portal additions. And then I talked to some of the football players, and they were feeling really good in the spring. And the spring game looked really good. I mean, you, you had a guy that we haven't even really heard the name of as mentioned as even a possible starter down the road in Kyle McCormick, who I personally think could be a superstar. But that could just be me being biased, uh, which I'm fully aware of. But I think Kyle McCormick could do well. And he led the best drive out of anyone during the spring game. And if you have your fifth-string quarterback as a true freshman in the spring game do making the best drive, then you're like, okay, so these so these, these guys all got it. And then you have people like Ty Mims and Jacarius Caston coming back with another year of experience under their belt. And you get an old, gritty defense incredible i am i'm excited i'm excited and just the takeaway from what they said just kind of built upon that confidence um you know will hall he seems locked in just absolutely locked in and one of my favorite things about it is like he seems so locked in and the reason why i think he is and again this is just pure extrapolation but I genuinely do think that it's because he knows that he's going to be able to run the schemes that he's been drawing up since he was 
at the D2 level. And he's going to be able to draw them up for D1 talent. Uh, because, you know, I, I've mentioned this on everything, and it's because, you know, I'm still, you know, getting over the fact, like, oh, my God, I've had three conversations with, with Jeremy McLean today. This is the coolest day of my life. But, you know, Jer- Jeremy McLean and I were talking, and he's the athletic director, and we were, and we were just kind of you know, talking back and forth, uh, waiting on the Raging Cajuns to start at their media day. And we were like, you know, Will Hall's never gotten able to – to run his offensive scheme for even a game, for even a game. Not not one single full game has he been able to run the offensive scheme that he's wanted. And it's because we've never had uh, the ability to see stability at quarterback or stability at offensive line. Because, you know, whenever we did see a quarterback at, at, in a stable spot, the offensive line was struggling, and we saw that at the beginning of last year. But all of the pieces have fallen into place, and Will Hall was so locked in and so confident because I'm sure in his head he was like, hey, I'm finally going to be able to play these plays that have been drawn up for years, and I don't have to do the super back. Now, given, am I going to miss the super back? Yes. Why are you not going to miss the super back? Okay. What, what, are, you, are you really not going to miss the super back? No. Why not? Awful football to watch. I, so – this just in, uh, breaking news, if you live under a rocket, Dima hates fun. <laughs> Dima so hates – it's so fun. I, it is exhilarating. <laughs> Anyways, um, you know, he's locked in. He's going to be able to run the scheme that he wants, and these players are locked in. I mean, Cole Cavallo is incredibly talented. He's a great blocker, but I think we are going to see just how good of a pass catcher and just how good of a runner he is. I, I mean, I, I talked to them multiple times off the uh, off the air, and I'm like, Every time that I talked to him, I was like, this is an athletic dude. This is a big dude. This is a guy that if I was a DB, like if I was like a six foot one, 180 pound DB, and this guy's running towards me, I would just pretend to slip. Because, <laughs> you know, and then Jay Stanley, uh, he, he has big things planned for that defense. Jay Stanley is probably going to have his best season yet. And I think he's going to pass the knowledge that he gained by playing with Eric Scott and Natron Brooks. And he's going to pass that to these younger guys. Um, I'm so, so excited. So, anyways, I just, uh, like, after all of this and after they're speaking, I'm feeling a lot more confident heading into this football season. How are you feeling after your instant reactions? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm definitely excited for football season. Who isn't? Um, and um, it, it'll be a lot of fun if there's no super back. <laughs> because, like you said, Will Hall is just really – ready to run his offense and, and, I, and I, I think I have to agree with you I don't I can't remember a game off the top of my head where they actually were able to run the offense that Will Hall had had been running to run the only thing I can remember would be Zach Wilkie versus Miami last year game two and it was like the best offense we'd seen all year and it was like so exhilarating and then he got the starting job and then you know he got hurt uh, against Troy but um, you know at the end of the day what I took away, the biggest thing I think I took away um, from Sunbelt Media Day, day one, with all the Southern Miss things was that they just feel like they're at the point where they can relax. Like, I, I don't really think I heard today, you know, we we're always hearing from Will Hall, like, we're just trying to build this program, you know, we're trying to build it up. Yeah, but, like, right. <laughs> I know, but, yeah, we're trying to build this program. Build. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, that was not really the topic today. It was more of this is what we've got. This is what we've done. 
we're got to do this. And, and that's the difference to me. Last year at Media Day, you know, we're not there yet. You know, it was all that. It was we're still trying to build this program. And granted, they're still trying to build the program. But after three years, and I said this um, in my article, uh, if you if you read it on sm2media.com, uh, five things to remember before this, five things why this could be the turnaround season. Um, you know, in recruiting, uh, you know, two years of recruiting. When you, when you bring a recruit in, the first two years are – if they make a mistake, you know, that's kind of on the coaches. They're trying to to coach them in in a in a way where they can be at their best. And after 2 years, man, that third year, that should be you. You should have the you should have the skills that you've learned from coaches, you should have the abilities that you've been doing in uh, workouts and all that stuff. You should be able to put all that on the field in in the third year and be the best player. That's why so many third year players, juniors, are being drafted going to the NFL because it's their third year. You know, uh, and I know you have to play for three years in college, but like um, Joe Burrow, for instance, at LSU. You know, um, went to Ohio State first year being recruited. His second year, he was playing college football at LSU. I mean, he wasn't. He made some mistakes. Like he wasn't great. His third year, terrific, you know. C.J. Stroud at Ohio State, first year, didn't even play. Second year, um, was pretty good, you know, Heisman candidate. And then last year, his third year, was phenomenal. Um, and, and so many just ex- explanations of that. And I think in the same way you can look at Will Hall, first year, learning curve, and how make this program his. Second year, you saw improvement, but you still saw some ways you can improve. And now the third year where he's built this program, he's built his – workouts so to speak if this analogy holds and he's at the place now where he doesn't have to say you know we're building the program one thing that i remember he said that was so interesting to me he said we're hoping to win a game this year where we don't play that well that's never been the case right like if they don't play well they get shellacked like it doesn't matter they're not they weren't good enough to win games if they don't play well you know i think they had like five turnovers against liberty and that, like this is the only game I can remember where they didn't play well and they they almost won five turnovers. If you have five turnovers, you shouldn't even be in contention of winning a football game, let alone a football game and going into four overtimes. That's just how ridiculous um, you know it feels like that. Southern has been bitten with this injury bug and stuff like that. And I think this third year is for them to turn it around. Now, does that mean that? They're going to go 9-3 and three and win the Sun Belt. No, that doesn't mean that. And I think Southern Miss fans should hold their horses on the expectations of this year. This is a very tough schedule. But I think if you see that the improvement you want to see is, can they go to South Alabama and take the Jaguars down to the fourth quarter? Can they go to Louisiana and possibly win that game? Can they be competitive against Troy and Mississippi State? Those are the questions that... If they are and they go six and six and win a bowl, I feel like that's a successful season. This is a tough schedule, so that's my takeaway. And um, you know, at the end of the day, you may not see the the schedule improvements that um, some of fans want to see, but I know that you're going to see improvements in every single area where they were deficient last season. I guess the best analogy to come up with is that this is going to be like watching the original trilogy of Star Wars. You know, Dima, like you were going to see, you know, last year, Southern Miss was Luke Skywalker from The Empire Strikes Back. 
He was powerful, he was talented, and he could cut through Stormtroopers with ease. However, whenever he faced off against Darth Vader, he put up a really good fight, you know? But he was backed into a corner and he got his hand cut off. And, you know, that was kind of Southern Miss in those close games. Like, in the back half of it, something would happen and they would lose. I think this upcoming year, and there's those motos again. Like, they don't even look cool. They, like, oh, I'm sorry. Any, anyways, oh, my God, I'm looking at it. They're just most, like, the most rinky-dink things. Anyways, um, I think this year is going to be Luke Skywalker from Return of the Jedi. Just cutting through things, making the fight with Darth Vader look easy. I think, you know, like, this is going to be a whole new evolution of this Southern Miss uh, team and specifically the Southern Miss offense. I think the defense is going to be just as good as it was last year. Obviously, we're all going to miss Austin Armstrong, but Dan O'Brien, I have confidence in, I, I have confidence in him. He's a, he's a very, very uh, cerebral guy from what I have heard and from the interviews that I've seen, and they promoted from within. And just like with baseball, Dima, that's what you want. So I think this is going to be – it's, it's going to be a team where you can barely recognize. Like, oh, wow. You can obviously see elements, but you're just going to be, like, so impressed that you forget that this is these are some of the same players as Southern Miss last year. What, what do you think? How do you think that there's going to be a difference? No, I, th- I think everything you just lined, uh, outlined and I outlined earlier. Um, so I, th- I think you're going to see a difference. I don't know if necessarily it's going to pertain to the actual – um, record that they have at the end of the year, but I definitely think you'll see a difference in every single place where they were deficient last season. So, um, well, I, I think that pretty much covers it. Um, thank you all for listening. Um, you know, we're kind of sitting here at this like table in the middle of um, New Orleans. Um, we're not just in the middle of New Orleans, but at, at the top of the shared. In the. In the top of the uh, the Sheraton here, where Sunbelt Media Day is, day one, uh, go to our website, smtmedia.com. You will see Jackson's uh, article. It says, uh, be his takeaways from Sunbelt Media Day. Go to the, uh, the YouTube, uh, Southern Miss Studio Media. You can see our exclusive interview with Will Hall, Jay Stanley, and Cole Cavallo. You'll also see our uh, video version of this, uh, kind of. It's like a shorter version of this, uh, about a 15-minute instant reaction where you see me and Jackson kind of converse on the some of the same issues, but uh, different issues, you know, some, some is different. Go watch it. I mean, why not? You got 18 minutes. If you listen to a 50-minute podcast, you got 18 minutes to listen to that. <laughs> so you can listen to that. Um, and... Uh, Thank you so much. Uh, We'll be back soon Um, for Jackson Kennedy. I'm Dio Mixon, and that was the 4th Street Sports Show. Thank you for listening to the 4th Street Sports Show. We'll see you on the field or in your headphones real soon. And as always, Southern Miss to the top.